I'm Ashley Aiken. And I'm Chris Cerna. The wedding industry has unintentionally perpetuated a culture of chasing perfection at the cost of your relationships and mental peace. We know this because we've spent a combined 16 years photographing weddings. Together, we dive into the silent struggles of the modern engaged couple, like you. Our goal is to empower you to pop that perfection bubble, embark on the journey of self-awareness, forge your own wedding planning path, and and ultimately ultimately cultivate cultivate a healthy and thriving marriage. Hey, Bridal Breakdown listeners, welcome to the show and happy Friday. Today, we are going to be talking about a topic that is kind of scary, kind of spooky, kind of horrific. Uh, Today, we're going to be talking about how to avoid becoming a wedding horror story, and it couldn't be more fitting for this time of year. And today, I have Alex... Bowman of Alex Bowman Photo uh, joining me on the podcast today. And so Alex is a great friend of ours. Uh, Lara and I love to double date with her and Tate. Um, And then she's just a super great photographer. And I'm going to do one more. She is an amazing business coach and she has all sorts of amazing insights that she shares for entrepreneurs. If you are a bride or if you're an entrepreneur, you should definitely go follow her because she's sharing all the tips. I'll link her um, Instagram stuff in the show notes. But Alex, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Also, that was that was so long-winded, all that praise. I did not need all that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you seriously, you you are, and it's it's also really easy to to hype up your friends and to, and to cheer Gosh. them on. So we love cheering you guys totally. on. You guys are doing some some great stuff. And oh I'm gosh, super thankful too. that you're joining me today because you're going to be shooting a wedding here later today. And so you're able to hop on and spend some time yep. talking about a topic that I think you have some good insight. Yeah, some hot takes. Some hot takes. So we're just going to dive into today's episode, but um, I want to start off by talking about four different types of horror stories that I think that exist. So Alex, we can kind of, I'm going to throw these four out. Mm -hmm. And the first three are ones that, you know, if you have any quick examples that kind of come to mind, you can talk about them, but we're really going to focus in on the fourth one today. And we're going to kind of unpack that one. And then we're going to bring some solutions. So as a listener, you can expect us to unpack this uh, fourth type of horror story. And then we are going to give you some solutions to help you navigate and kind of ensure that you don't become a horror story with this fourth one. Sound good? Mm, Sounds perfect. So the first type of horror story that I can think of are situational horror stories. So these are your things that uh, you can't, they're kind of out of your control. Imagine the zipper busting uh, on the dress or the grooms splitting his pants when he's on the dance floor and you see his boxers with red hearts, like, you know, stuff like that. Uh, Torrential downpour on the day of your wedding. They don't really involve people. They're just kind of situational. Have you ever experienced any situational kind of things? Maybe not quite horror stories, but these things that kind of flare up that no one expects. Yeah, not quite that intense, but for sure, like there's, I would, I would say probably 15% of the time there is some sort of wardrobe malfunction, whether it's like a button, a button broke or something's not fitting right with the dress the way that it did when you got it at the store, all those things. Rain is very real. Also, we're in the Midwest. Totally. Yeah. Or you have like the super, super windy thing where, oh my gosh, I remember one time there was um, it was so windy that candles were like falling over and they were worried that the tables are going to catch yeah. on fire. So they had to blow out the candles yes, uh, and make sure, sure that 
that they're not there. Hi, Emily. Hi, Micah. And uh, we have a couple listeners here joining in. They said, uh, AirPods in at work. So excited. So yes. <laughs> we we're kind of talking about this. There's maybe going to be some people that jump on and listen and they're listening at work. I so, love it. That's the best way to tackle emails. Oh yeah. When you got a podcast in your ear. So situational, these, again, these are the random kind of things that happen. Then you have your horror stories with your friends. These are the people that you love. Maybe these are people in your wedding party. Uh, maybe these are people that attend your wedding. And a lot of times horror stories with friends kind of come with wedding party stuff. Uh, sometimes maybe this is the bridesmaid who drinks way too much and shows up hammered the next day. I'm sure you've never experienced that, Alex. Yeah, actually, I'll keep this short and sweet, but I had a wedding. It was in 2017 at the original Pabst Brewery in Milwaukee. So this was a couple that loved to drink, but we were at the salon. So sounds like my kind of couple. Yeah, I, hey, <laughs> Totally. Totally. But I also want you to remember your wedding day. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> not, absolutely. Not blackout drug, right? So we're at the salon at like 9am. Their ceremony is until five for context. And there are bridesmaids throwing up in the bathroom asking oh, me for no. gum because they're so hungover. Like it was, yeah, I was like, okay, I, we have set the tone for what today is going to be. Here we go. I mean, and that is a horror. Oh my gosh. You know, speaking, which is really funny. You would think that the guys would be the ones, but I feel like I have more bridesmaid stories of just getting completely obliterated. Totally. It's those morning totally. mimosas. I think they sneak up on people. I think so. Cause then it's like morning mimosas bleed into like, you know, lunch shots. And then from there it's like, okay, we'll have a little chill before the ceremony, come back in more shots. It's just, and then the reception is like, you don't even know what you're drinking at that point. Yeah. Yeah. We had one wedding where um, there was a, a bridesmaid who was told like over and over again, like you need to cool it. And she didn't. And she <laughs> ended up falling face down, walking down the aisle. Uh, oh. And so, yeah, that was, and she popped right back up and kept going. And she, <laughs> Did there you was deliver a, those photos? I did. I had to, right? Like that was a memory. <laughs> of course. Totally. Um, totally. I think were, I would too. Yeah. And then there was a moment during the ceremony where she was standing and you know how like your ankles kind of give out. And I was like, oh my gosh, I thought she broke her ankles, but she, I mean, yeah. So these are the kinds of friend horror stories that we hear about bridesmaids falling down the aisle uh, or having a throw up party in the bathroom, you know, all of these kinds of things. Mm -hmm. Then there are family horror stories. And out of all of these, I kind of think these kind of sting the most because these are, these are your people that are the closest to you. But you know, sometimes there's drama with parents or with mom or with ex-spouses that are attending a wedding. Mm -hmm. And so those can be really, really hard to navigate. Do you, I don't have any family horror stories that kind of come to mind. I don't know if you have any that you can think of right off the top of your head. I wouldn't say any that are crazy, but one thing that I do with my brides that I think helps mitigate that is we, I send a pretty detailed questionnaire before their wedding where we talk through family situations. Like I ask yeah. the question, is there any special situation that I need to be aware of, whether it's related to your family or otherwise, in order to serve you well throughout the day? Because I think that could that could like amplify really quickly. Oh yeah. Um, if totally. we're if we're not in the know, because there's a lot of like decisions we make that you don't need to know about as a bride and groom to help avoid any of that drama. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I think that with photographers being prepared and having that information, I also have a similar question. And when I'm, when I'm talking to my couples and knowing those things ahead of time, especially dynamics between parents, uh, maybe mm-hmm. if they're separated. Um, yep. and, and I, I honestly think out of all the, the ones that we've talked about so far, the family is a little bit more rare because I do think that most family members do suck it up on the day of the wedding. Absolutely. Um, or, or at least, you know, if things are happening, they're going to try to do it to where it's not in front of the couple. But those instances do happen. They do occur. Um, mm-hmm. Lastly, the last type of horror story that we're going to hone in on today is vendor horror stories. And this is something that I think is extremely close to Alex, your heart and my heart, because we are wedding vendors. You know, mm-hmm. we do spend so much time investing into our couples, trying to equip them, trying to help them and serve them. And so it's really it's really heartbreaking when you hear a horror story about a vendor who maybe just doesn't feel the same way. Maybe it's just more about a paycheck than it is about serving the couple. So I didn't know if you had any any immediate thoughts that kind of come to mind when it comes to this situation with vendors uh, in horror mm-hmm. stories. But if you do, man, the floor is yours. Yeah. Well, there. so like Chris was saying, there definitely are vendors that like love what they do and love serving couples on like that spectacularly special once in a lifetime day. And then there are those that just like running their own schedule, or maybe it's a side hustle and they're making a little more income on the side and they're just not as dialed in. Uh, so I've had, it was, I think it was last year and it happened twice at the same venue. The The venue owners came up and joked with me. They're like, you are the only common denominator with this <laughs> happening two times in a row here. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, but it was, the, the DJs forgot to show up to the oh ceremony. Oh no. Yeah. So the couple had to like think on their feet. Someone had a Bluetooth speaker and they like played their music that way at the front and the, the officiant talked loudly. Um, and then the, you know, at that point the DJs had been called and they hustled to get there for the reception, but wild, absolutely wild. Oh my gosh. I, we had a similar situation where, um, and I think I've, I've said this one before on the podcast, but, uh, the caterer just forgot to show up. They thought the wedding was the next day. Someone called them and was like, Hey, the really sucky thing was this was a, an amazing cater in town. That was delicious. One of our favorites. And I know that it definitely affected them in the wedding industry because this family shared their experience. You know, it's really unfortunate. There's very few people that will share when you're, they, they had a great experience, but so many people will share when they had a negative experience. And this was a dropped ball. Doesn't matter yeah. where it happened, the ball was dropped and it affected this couple's day. Luckily, they were able to think on their feet very quickly, just like your couple, and they were able to contact Chick Fil A and uh, and a Mexican <laughs> restaurant nearby. And between the two of them, they were able to come up with enough food to feed 200 people. Uh, wow. And so, in in I think less than an hour. Obviously, Chick Fil A is ridiculously fast, so yeah, that's they impressive. were able to knock it out of the park. Wow, uh, do having you have worked another? at Chick Fil A though, that's a feat. Like those catering orders that, that, you that throws off a lot. I did. Yeah. Yeah. My brother, yeah. he works there. He is a, I don't know what his role is, but he runs the kitchen uh, at one of the Chick-fil-A's, okay. the Chick-fil-A Derby. So he okay. really loves it. He's getting a lot of leadership stuff there and he's, it's been really, really helpful for him. Oh, it's a phenomenal company. It really so, is. So did you have any other maybe wedding horror stories that you had with vendors? I feel like you had one more that you had told me before. Yes. Okay. Yes. So I had a wedding in Indiana uh, this past June and a little bit of context here. This couple was supposed to get married last October, but.
but the groom is from Germany and lives over there. So he and his family like physically could not be in the United States. Like everything was closed borders wise. So they had to reschedule their wedding from October to June and their venue, just from what I heard from the bride gave them a hard time with that, which is a little excessive because like the groom could not be there. Like you can't get married. Um, So with things that were situational, like we talked about and out of their control. So they reschedule and were there on their wedding day. And it's bittersweet anyways. Like none of the groom's family could be there. Um, He was the only one that was able to. So they were like feeling the heaviness of that already felt like they were compromising we show up to the venue, the bride's like, you know, in her little white bride robe running around doing things. And the venue owner is giving tours on the wedding day, on the wedding day. Yeah. The bride comes up to me and she, she tells me that these guests come up to her and tell her how beautiful she looks. And they're so happy for her and her special day. She's literally the sweetest human for her to like go savage like this, like tells you about the situation, but she turns to me and sarcastically is like, uh, yeah, it's my wedding day. What are you doing here? Like, it just, it was crazy. Oh my, and, did, it was crazy. and the venue owners didn't think there was anything wrong with what was happening at that yeah, moment. I, I definitely chewed them out a little bit. It's so beyond inappropriate. Gosh. Oh man. Yeah. We just had Micah in the chat say, uh, when her aunt and uncle got married, their photographer lost all of their wedding photos. And that is, <sighs> that is a horror story that I hear time and time again. I'm sure you've heard it. But this whole situation of losing photos and in whatever way, I have uh, I have two that I'll share with you that are kind of related to that. Uh, I once lived in a city where there was a videographer who uh, one of my brides um, they they had something happened with hard drives uh, where one of their hard drives corrupted and they lost not just the, my couple's wedding footage but five other couples wedding footage uh needless to say the the damage control that they had to try to do was way too much to ever recover and that business mm-hmm. no longer exists i mean it, it that can kind of happen when you lose one let alone five mm-hmm. um and so this is why i know i know you feel this way i feel this way of having redundancy when it comes to backing up your photos this is just a little side note you yes. should ask your photographer how they back up their photos because yes. one hard drive isn't enough. A second hard drive isn't enough. Mm-mm. Things happen. Uh, and I think no. you and I might have a similar backup system. Yeah. But- My photography professor said over and over and over again, if your photos are not in three places, they do not exist. Yeah. Like period. Drop the mic. That's it. It's You cannot put five. That like blows my mind. He had five weddings only on one hard drive. Yeah. Like, there's moving pieces in there. What happens if you drop it? Like, oh my gosh. I mean, that's just like playing with fire. That's like that's like wafting <laughs> yeah. a match over a barrel of gasoline and seeing if it's going to ignite. Like, I mean, absolutely. It is a matter hard of hard drives time. fail. They absolutely even solid states. Like, it is yep. a matter of time, which is yeah. why you really should have a balance in your backup system too. Not just multiple hard drives, but you need to have some cloud. Yep. Uh, I would say we have a uh, my husband's a major. <laughs> intelligent i'd say geek though like for sure he does. <laughs> i adore him though that's no condescension right, uh, right. But he he created a home server for us so there are there are oh, multiple that's awesome. like 12 terabyte hard drives and there are three copies when i move the photos from my hard drive here to that server it's yeah. copied in three places so if one of those hard drives go out it tells us and we can replace it. And there's still the two other copies there as well as my cloud version and my hard drive local version. Yeah. Those, those things, uh, those, I know exactly what you're talking about. That is, that is 
and then you also have that, and you said you have some cloud, and then I also know mm-hmm. you store your SD cards in a little box and don't clear them till they're I done. do. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. Two copies. Of, that's the other thing you should ask about too, folks. This is like an aside, and I know you guys have talked about photography stuff too, but make sure that whoever you hire has um, a camera with dual card slots mm-hmm. so that when you're taking a photo, it's recorded two places because these things like... They're little oh, pieces of plastic. Pulling up here. Yeah. They, they fade. Like, they're not... They're not foolproof. No, it actually, when you think about it, it's crazy scary how like flimsy they are. Yeah. Um, Thin little guy. Yeah. Yeah. One time I saw someone selling used SD cards on like Facebook Marketplace and a bunch of photographers were like trying to buy them. And I'm like, guys, what are you doing? What? Like, I hope you're not a professional. That's about, anyways, that's a whole other okay. thing that I, that I but can this get is into. like one of the fastest cards and it's 20 bucks on Amazon. Like I, I don't under, I don't right. understand. Yeah. Like it's, it's not that hard. So we have a similar backup system. We have, um, I have two hard drives that, uh, they, I didn't like, I don't know what it's called, but they copy to one another. So whatever I do to one, it copies mm-hmm. to another there's cloud. Yeah. Uh, Backblaze. I don't know if you've heard of Backblaze. And then there's um, that's my cloud. Yeah. Yep. And then there's SD cards that we also, you mm-hmm. know, we do the same thing with SD cards. So whole yeah. whole thing about about that. But if we'll you, land the plane. Yeah, <laughs> we'll land the plane with that one. But that is probably one of the most common wedding horror stories that we hear about is with wedding yeah. photography. Um, I have another one that I'll share with you that will lead us into actually some solutions and some ways that can keep you from falling victim to becoming a wedding horror story because nobody wants that. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to become a wedding horror story and nobody deserves to be a wedding horror story. So um, I recently heard about uh, a wedding horror story. We got fiber in our house uh, last week. So this is very fresh. This Horror stories are very fresh in my mind because our tech came by and he was uh, getting our stuff set up and he was just kind of making some small talk. He was in my office and he asked me what I did for a living and I told him I was a wedding photographer. And he stopped and he sighed very deeply and he said, man, we had a terrible experience with our wedding photographer. And uh, they got married, I, I mean, it was some time ago. I think it was five, six years ago. And he just told me of an experience that they had where they thought they had done their research. They thought they were hiring someone who was very established in the city that they lived in. And um, it, you know, day came, bad experience on the wedding day, even worse experience after the wedding day, where it took six months plus to get their wedding photos back. And then when they did get them back, they weren't even edited. They were all raws and they were not. They delivered raws. They delivered raws. And it was six, right, right. Like that's a, I mean, that's a big upload because of how big they are, but it does not take six months. And so what ended up happening, and he just told me, he's like, you know, we thought we were going with someone who was a pro uh, because, and this was someone who used to be, I think quite some time ago, they were someone that was very established in the wedding industry in that city. And then they probably had shipped, you know, who knows people go through all sorts of things, but they, they, they left their business going up longer than they probably should have because their that attention to detail and that care just wasn't there. And so he told me this and my heart was broken. I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry to hear that this happened to you, especially when they thought that they were hiring someone who is a professional. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that at all. Probably not. Yeah. That's (laughs) we can feed into solutions because no one should ever go through that. No one should ever go through that. So I have um, four things, four ideas. And so I'm going to I'm gonna present these. And Alex, if you will just kind of, 
I want you to think on your feet and, and kind of chat about these a little bit and just talk about the, the importance of these. I've been doing a lot of talking. I want to be sure to give you an opportunity sure. to talk as well. So I will drop the solution and then you can, we can banter about it, but you can kick it off. Sounds so great. first solution and way to avoid becoming a wedding horror story is to read reviews. And after you read one review, read 50 more reviews. Mm-hmm. Any thoughts on reviews? Oh my gosh. I have so many thoughts on reviews. So I like, for those of you that do follow me, you know, that I am just a marketing geek and reviews. Reviews are like a way to keep a pulse on where your business is at as a business owner. So if you're not asking for reviews consistently, like if if you're looking at, at someone and they don't have a lot of reviews, like their Google page has like three or, or their Facebook too, yeah. that should maybe be a bit of a red flag, honestly, because it's, it's clearly not important to them to be proactive, to ask for feedback in real time from their clients on how they're doing. Like, cause you can read through the lines, even if people are giving you nice reviews, like if they're all only talking about one aspect of your business and some of them are like, let's say everyone's talking about how the photos are beautiful, but they're not talking about the experience of actually working with you on the day or leading up to the day. You should be able to read through the lines as a vendor and say, this might be a weak area for me oh, where I need to step up my game. That's like, so good. There's, it's more than just what they're saying, like read into what they're not saying. So if they don't have a lot of reviews that can either speak to, they're not proactively wanting that feedback from their clients or, um, they're fresh to the market and they don't have a ton of experience. One of those two things. Second thing would be when you're looking at reviews, you want to look at quantity, like Chris mentioned, but look at how recent they are too, because like in that horror story, Chris told, yeah that guy was relevant in the market, maybe five to seven years ago is kind of what it sounds like. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when was the most recent review shared from them? Do, do we have one from last month? Do we have one from a couple of weeks ago? How far back are we looking here? Cause that's, yeah. you need to know in real time. Cause hopefully like I, you can speak to this too, Chris, but the more we work as a vendor, the better we're hoping to always be like continually improving for our clients. So why would we not want, why would we not want feedback? On that as well. Yeah, no. I, and when you, we could had kind of talked a little bit about this particular topic off air. And when you brought up like, it's not just quantity, it's like, when look at when these reviews happened, that was just my mind immediately went to this horror story that I shared about my tech, because you're right, they were relevant at one point, And then who mm-hmm. knows how long it had been since they had gotten a review. Yeah. Reviews are people, and I, I mentioned this earlier, there are a lot of people that will go and they'll share their bad experience. Um, I think the percentage drops of people who share their good experience, but if you are a vendor who is providing an exceptional, top-of-the-line, servant-hearted you know, kind of experience for your couples, they will want, they will rave, they will, yes. they will boast, they will share it with everybody, they will tell everyone they know. And so a really great vendor should have reviews. I'm thinking we and sing recent reviews. Yeah. We yeah. sing rent the chef's praises on this show all the time. Yes. Uh, and, and, Jason. and Jason is always sharing views. There is a steady flow of reviews coming in. There's been some, some, uh, some catering companies that we've had that were like, how are these people still open? And sure enough, I, there's one that comes to mind, a particular experience that we had where it was bad. Like people were throwing their full plates away and it was Ooh. not edible. Uh, and so, wow. and not even that says something if I can't eat it, like, cause I'll eat anything. Uh, and sure enough, no reviews, like zero reviews. And that just goes to show you like, those are so important. That's what people are sharing and they're speaking their mind. So first one, read reviews, scour them, search the web, find them. 
and, and they shouldn't be that hard to find, honestly. They should be pretty easy to find. So second way to avoid becoming a horror, a wedding horror story is to ask couples who've, who have worked with the vendor that you're considering what their experience has been like. Mm-hmm. Anything that comes to mind on this? Yeah. I mean, I'm going to pull from photography, but I think it applies across the board. When you are planning your wedding, having done this two years ago with tape, it is so overwhelming the amount of options you have for each type of vendor. So word of mouth from someone, a, a friend of yours whose wedding you attended and you loved and asking them like that's I mean, that's easy. What did you think? What worked well? What didn't you trust them? And they'll be candid with you about their experience. So and I feel like a lot of folks do that intuitively when you yeah. say Chris. Yeah, I would, I would agree. I think that it's very common to go towards the people that you trust the most. I mean, and, totally. and I've been trying to, you know, you and I talk about building a story brand often and the whole concept, it's an idea of, of basically communicating the, not just the service that you provide, but your why and all sorts of things behind it. Um, mm-hmm. But one of the things that I've really been thinking about in terms of that, when couples are thinking about photography is trust. That I think so much of that can be boiled down to a lot of the fears that they have, a lot of the worries, all of it can be alleviated with trust. Mm-hmm. And so it's natural to look towards the to the people in your life who you trust the most. Maybe you have a friend. I feel like friend groups get married in uh, pods. Like they totally. one gets married, <laughs> then it seems like you know not too much longer. You know the next one, and then the next one, and the next one. And so there's a lot of yeah. friends that are having different wedding experiences. And so if you go to them and ask them, hey, we need a DJ we weren't able to make your wedding. What, what was it like? People will yeah. share. And it's Absolutely. really great to get that from people that you really, really trust. So I Absolutely. think, and I think you're right. I think this does kind of come naturally and intuitively. Um, and, and these aren't just like, Hey, pick one of these and do them. It's like, no, do all of these. Uh, mm-hmm. because if you have redundancy and reading reviews online, asking different couples and doing the other two that we're going to share, I think you're really going to set yourself up for success. Absolutely. And one other quick thought too, leverage your Instagram folks. Like that is where folks are planning their weddings almost exclusively on Instagram right now. Like one of, one of my brides for next year. Um, and this is like kind of a higher end wedding. She has used Instagram like Pinterest to like research photographers and you can save your highlights, like anything you've put on your story that pertains to whatever message you want to drive home, save it as a highlight pertaining to like reviews. Like, honestly, it is so, so easy to show them in real time, whether or not your clients are happy with the work that you're providing. Yeah. Put it there. Like, yeah, because it's so easy and it's right there. It is. And I, I know that you do this. I know I do this. I know other vendors do this where they will screenshot like a little, like a text message that they got where people are giving their first reactions of the photos that they get. And oh my gosh. With the photos behind it. With the photos behind it. You need to show them what you're providing also. Like people won't connect the dots. And it it just makes it that much more uh, meaningful to show a face too. Like, Hey, this is the person, like this is a real person. Like, have you ever gone to a product and, and seen like 200 reviews on a product and none of them have pictures? You're like, yeah, "Uh, this feels kind of scammy. Totally. Totally. When you put a name to that face, it just feels more authentic. So, and it it drives home trust, right? Which is what that's people, people buy with, with their gut and trust plays a huge part in that. 100%. And I think going into our next how to avoid becoming a wedding horror story, number three, ask your vendors. And a lot of times, the well, I'll let you speak to this, but it's really, really important to ask vendors that you have already booked that you do trust. Alex, what are some of the first vendors that people book that they might be able to to ask this question to, these questions? Be your venue and event planner. 
yeah, so you know, the order can vary, right? They might do event planner and then the event planner helps them find the venue that's the perfect fit for their budget and what they're wanting or it's venue. And then they get in over their head. Like they start planning and they're like, Oh my gosh, we need some, some other assistance. But yeah. those two are going to be the ones that have, uh, based off of what you're wanting and what matters to you as a couple and, and what your personality is too, what vendors are going to be able to best serve you on your day. Yeah. And the great thing about, I th- I feel like wedding planners probably do this the best. I, and mm-hmm. and I think it depends on the comfort level of who you're asking to. Cause I think most people don't want to throw any other vendors under the bus. So you really want to ask someone who has your, bentri- your best interest in mind. And um, I think wedding planners are great at this wedding coordinators because they do work with so many different vendors in the industry. A lot of times they will want to point out the positive rather than the negative. Um, but sometimes there are those experiences where they're, they're like, yeah, you, you really don't want to book that person. I've heard X, Y, and Z. And that's never meant to meet meant to be a point of gossip, but more to be like a stop sign, a caution sign, a beware, you know, observe the red flags. Uh, because at the end of the day, people in the wedding industry, they spend a lot of time around other vendors. And so they see not just, not just the work that they produce, but also their character, which I think Mm -hmm. someone can produce really great work and have terrible character. And, you know, some people don't mind that. I think most people would love to have both would love to have Mm -hmm. great work plus great character. Absolutely. And I would say too, if your venue is providing a vendor recommendation list, if they have already gone the extra mile to put that together for you, they're they're sticking their neck out for you as a vendor if you're on that list as well, or for you as a couple looking at the vendors listed there. Like they're kind of putting their reputation out there saying that these people are the stuff. So that's, I think, asking your venue or, or your other vendors too that you book that are maybe earlier on, like your photographer, if they have some preferred vendors, it, that's a good, it's a good way to just research who you want to go with. Yeah. And trust those recommendations because you're right, Alex, like people, I was very hesitant to, to suggest any DJs, uh, with our, within our first year business, just because we hadn't really worked with quite honestly, very many great ones or ones that just left us speechless that wanted to like where we wanted to stick our necks out for. I love that, that terminology because that recommendation does come with some weight. There is some risk associated with it if you don't fully trust them. And Mm -hmm. so when we finally had a few that we worked with, we feel comfortable now recommending two or three different DJs here in our city because we have worked with them enough. We know their character. And more than that, we know that they deeply care about their couples. Absolutely. Last one. You ready for it? Let's do it. This is a big one. Meet them in person. Mm. Get in front of whoever you are considering because it makes a big difference. I really do think that a lot of people can get a, you call it what you want, can get a vibe, can get a feel, can, you know, see if they match up with the person's energy or just even personality. All of that stuff is so, so, so important. It absolutely is. Yeah. I would say this is the hot take that I feel like this one falls between the last two points too that I have. And here we go. As a wedding vendor, I'm going to talk to other wedding vendors really quick. It should not be exclusively on the bride and groom to figure out if like you're a good fit for them or if you actually care for them. Like your website and a lot of you don't have websites and you need to have websites because, oh my goodness, I don't know what Come you're on. doing if you don't I'm have I'm ready one. for this hot take. Ugh. 
Remember Instagram being down for a day last week? What if it was down permanently and your business totally. disappeared overnight? What if you don't have an email list? Like, oh, that's like an aside, but get a website. And on your website, you, if you, brides and grooms, if this vendor genuinely cares about what they do, which we talked about earlier, loves what they do and wants to serve you well on your wedding day, their website is going to reflect that down to the way that it's organized. Uh, is it up to date? Do they have recent reviews like throughout their site as well that yeah. speak to the pain points, the things that matter to you on your wedding day, feeling good in front of the camera, having delicious food that your family and guests are going to devour on your wedding day? Are they consistent and reliable? How do you get in touch with them? They should make it easy for you to buy from them because they want to serve you well. There, sh there should be none of this. You have to hunt through an archaic website, which is like most of the DJs in town here as well. Like, oh my goodness. Or we use the videography example earlier when Chris and I were talking, you get on a videographer's website and it looks archaic. Their stuff is outdated versus I'm going to throw out Wild Oaks names when you get oh, on yeah. their we, site. We definitely have no. them on the podcast. We love Nick and Jen. They're great. Yeah. Night and day. They care about they care about the quality of their work. They are so invested in their craft and in taking care of their couples. And it shows in what they, the, you know, the foot they're putting forward totally. with their website, which is the first impression. So if you're, if you're looking at a vendor and their website speaks to you, it, it should be building trust. They should be giving you the info that you need to feel confident in taking the next step to actually schedule a meeting with them and meet in person. Because for a lot of you, uh, like there's this, there's a statistic that I think the first week you get engaged, you look at 70 different wedding vendors websites. Really? That's overwhelming. Wow. Yes. So let's think about that. What if they, you guys don't have time to inquire with 70 people and meet with them in person. That's excessive. So they should be doing you a solid vendors on their website and helping you figure out what inform filter through what information do you need? What, who's going to serve you well, who's a good fit. I'm pretty candid too. All my pricing info is on my website. I think that is, if, if you don't list full pricing info, you need to at least put either starting or average so that people yeah. can, they don't have to get on the freaking phone with you to figure out if you even make sense with their budget. Like, yeah, it's that's too a big busy. deal that, you know, and that's the hardest part. I, and I feel for couples so much. And I think this is, this goes back to a scarcity mindset and a fear mm -hmm. mindset. People are afraid to list their prices because they're afraid that they won't book and man, I can tell you, we've seen a decrease in inquiries since we've listed our prices, but we're trusting that that's because people are seeing it and they're going mm, out of my price point. And all yeah. of the inquiries that we do get, they almost exclusively are followed up with an in-person meeting because they know, like they, they got the information that they wanted. It was readily yep. available for them. They knew we were in their price point and they knew that they at least wanted to get in front of us to see if there was a connection. And that's Absolutely. a win. That's, that's how it should be for all vendors. And I so wish that venues would do this, caterers, everyone, because it would. But it some would of the help. best ones do, you know. Yeah, some of the best ones do. They and they do because at the end of the day, I think the biggest pain for, point for couples is just wanting to have the information that they need to make the best decision possible. And when Absolutely. they have to go through six steps to get that information, it's just too much. And yeah. they're not just well, doing it once; they're doing it like twenty times per vendor. Totally. And think through this too. What if this couple isn't exclusively paying for the wedding? What if, what if like their parents are helping as well? So they've got to go, they have to inquire with you after looking at your website, 
get on the phone with you. And then maybe you'll send them pricing info and maybe also add them to a spammy email list. And then they have to take that info back to their parents and go talk to the five other vendors that they're interested in. You're making it so hard, like so unnecessarily hard for them to buy from you. Yeah. And it shouldn't yeah. be hard, you know, as a, as a, someone who's planning their wedding, you deserve to have a smooth and seamless stress-free process. And I think you can yeah. trust, like when you get in front of someone, Alex, you're right. Like if their heart is going to exude like, Hey, we want to help you. We want to serve you. We want to, it should, it should exude humility, service, a, a mm-hmm. genuine care. And you can feel when that that isn't genuine. You can feel when it's a sales pitch versus yes. someone taking a genuine interest in you, which is why it's so important that for this last one, that you do meet with your people ahead of time and that you, you, you try to see if there's a good fit and a good click. Absolutely. And I would say for each type of vendor, like Tate and I did this when we were wedding planning, before we met with a caterer, we Googled like, what are the, what are the top like 10, 15 questions you need to ask this vendor? Cause a lot of times you don't know. It's yeah. so industry specific. So I would say meet with him in person, but then have your list of questions. And and if your parents are help paying for things, just to save you some time, ask your parents if they have specific questions too, when you're oh, actually yeah. there and meeting them in person. It's like, you can do follow-up email, but if you're asking the hard questions and like looking each other in the eye, you can see in real time what their response is versus it can look like anything via email later, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. And uh man, just know this guys. I know if Ashley were here, she would she would say the same thing that we we care about you guys. We care about all of our listeners, all of our couples who are planning weddings right now in the bridal breakdown, you know, community and the listenership in our own businesses. And we just want to see you guys succeed and we want to see you guys win and a win for us is when whatever your win is happens. And, uh, and so we desperately don't want to hear that you had a wedding horror story. Um, and we think that if you take these four things, if you put the time in, if you, you know, read reviews, if you ask your friends, if you talk to other vendors, if you meet with someone in person, you are going to drastically cut down the likelihood, um, of you having a wedding horror story. Alex, do you have any other last minute things that you want to add before we sign off? I did have one thought that was gnawing at me. When you meet in person, I would kind of like a first date. If there's not chemistry, it's it's okay to not book based off of that. Like, especially with those folks that you're spending a lot of time with on your wedding day or in the months leading up, like your coordinator, your event planner, your photo and video team. I would say your DJ as well, because they are, they run your reception, like the whole personality of it. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So if you're not, if you're not vibing, it's okay to shop around a little bit too and loop back if you need to. But if you meet with a DJ who's cracking dad jokes the entire time, you can guarantee you're going to get some dad jokes at your reception. And if they were Mm -hmm. all misses, that's what your, your reception is going to be flavored with dad jokes. Some people may love that. Absolutely. Yeah. And if that's your vibe, do it totally. But if you're, if that's not what you're wanting, keep, keep shopping for sure. So we have some really cool interviews coming on the forecast right now. I'm in some talks with, uh, I won't, I won't, 
I won't drop what they are, who they are yet. Uh, but man, we have been working behind the scenes to get some top tier interviewers on. And uh, I'm really excited about that. Some people to interview and talk about some things that are important to you guys. Ashley is in her last week of uh, driving to Kansas City. I think she's been in Kansas City for weddings four weeks in a row now. Some of those double headers uh, and then triple headers with back in Wichita. So she is wrapping up. She misses you guys. She sends her love. And Alex, thank you so much for being on the show today. And uh, it's always great to have you on. And uh, I look forward, Larry and I look forward to hanging out with you and Tate here real soon. Love it. Thanks for having me. Yeah, Yeah, we'll set it up once we get through this crazy month. Absolutely. Listeners, you guys have a fantastic day. Be sure to follow us on social media. Uh, Give us a follow on Instagram. Follow the link in the show notes and join our Facebook community. Over the last week, uh, there's been a a uptick in people jumping into the Facebook group. So we really appreciate that and love having you guys here. Thank you so much for listening to the show and we will talk to you guys very soon. Bye-bye.